anxiety. Okay. You got me thinking if it was really worth it Putting in all of this effort just to end up less than perfect But on our great defenses, something used for our protection Or are they just another way to force out imperfections? I guess I'm just effective, pointed in the wrong direction The library in my head has one fucked up selection Now children, pay attention, and you'll receive attention Cause after this, I'll ask you an array of questions A simple poster is just another band Another campaign slogan, making unique blander in the taste of Inside my mouth isn't making it any better Bitter sweetness of arguments and cold December weather But anywho, who am I and who are you And if we're on the subject matter What the fuck you gonna do Cause when the shit hits the fan Are you going to take a stand I prefer if you stay put Keep on holding my hand Hey guys and welcome back to the 40 Ounce Fridays Podcast Episode 40 I knew it this time, I knew it this time This time I actually knew it uh, don't mind them taking out trash outside. I don't know if you can hear that or not. Might be able to pick it up. But anywho, this is episode 40 of the podcast. We've made it to 40 episodes, which is very shocking to me. Um, anywho, uh, this week, like I said, we were going to do, we're going to go ahead and do two UU retrospectives today. So we're going to finish up the rando arc with episode 12 and 13. Those are the final two episodes of the whole uh, Rando Genkai tournament, looking for the next successor, whole kind of storyline thing. And I think it wraps everything up really nicely, Wrap, wraps everything up really nicely with the fights. And uh, I think this is, in my opinion, where the dynamic that we see between Kuwabara and Yusuke throughout the series, this is where it starts. This is where the Yusuke-Kuwabara kind of duo friendship dynamic kind of rolls in um we've been seeing it slowly like roll in throughout the course of like what these last three episodes three or four episodes with the whole genkai tournament arc but but these two especially like there's a lot of stuff that happens or a couple of major things that happens over the course of these two episodes that really like solidify that like these two are homies now like they're they're it's not like this weird one-sided rivalry Kuwabara has with them. It's like, they're friends, you can tell. But uh, before we do that, I wanted to talk about, real quick, I wanted to talk about the Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is coming out tonight. Um, if you got the physical copy and you're waiting on it or you didn't get it early, whatnot, through the whole shipping issue things, it's coming out physical tomorrow or tonight, depending on whoever you're getting the physical from when they ship it or when you can pick it up but if you order it digital like me and i'm not trying to show off because i did want a physical copy and i think i just held off too long and i was too late to get a physical copy so i got it digital but um if you got a digital like me you'll be able to play it tonight at 9 p.m pacific standard uh so that's gonna be cool <laughs> like like so uh, i'm recording this thursday april 9th 12 30 so yeah in, in like eight and a half hours i'm going to be diving into that and then i'll give my thoughts on it next week i'll, I'll be giving my first impressions or thoughts it depends 
I know it's like 40 hours, so it shouldn't, if especially since I'm home a lot now because of the whole uh, pandemic thing. So I should finish it within the week. If not, because sometimes I do like to play RPGs slower than normal. I like to just take my time and look around with shit. It'll just be a first impression thing, but I should have it done and I'll just give my full overall thoughts of it by then at that point. But um, I just wanted to talk about a few things because uh, people have been celebrating, you know, people are super excited. Max, you know, uh, if you don't know who I'm talking about, Max, Maximilian Dude, the YouTuber, mainly does, you know, a lot of fighting game streams. Final Fantasy VII is one of his favorite games of all time. He recently uploaded a video, like, his journey over the course of, like, the five years since we've known about the remake, and now, like, we're here. He uploaded it yesterday, and... It just got me so fucking hyped. I was like shaking with anticipation because this is one of my favorite games of all time too. And it definitely impacted how I feel about storytelling and in video games and in writing in general. And it's just a good game with a good plot. So I'm like super excited to play the remake and see the changes and new additions, new combat system, expanded on Midgar, um, different characters. I'm like really pumped for this, so. And, you know, uh, they posted some art on the Final Fantasy Facebook page. They probably did it on, like, the Twitter and whatever else they have. But, um, it was, like, some art of Cloud uh, made by Nomura himself. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful artwork. Um, but there are still a few people who are complaining about certain things about the game. And these are people who have not played the game yet. They didn't get, like, an early physical copy. Uh, and we talked about the early physical copies, why that is due to the whole pandemic thing, why that's happening. But, um, some people are complaining, but the stuff they're complaining about is really, like, weird, because it's either false information or already been addressed and talked about for years now. So, I just wanted to take the time to clarify a few things with, about the remake that I know to the best of my knowledge. This is me talking about the game before I've played it, so I'm not going to be talking about if the game is good or not, features and whatnot. The only thing I've played is the demo, and I really like the demo. I talked about that before, too. But, um, yeah, so I want to go into it because some people were saying some weird stuff, and I feel like they're complaining for the sake of complaining because it was just stupid things. Like, one, for, okay, first, one of the things I saw was uh, someone saying, like, man, too bad, did it, did it, Square Enix only made it a PlayStation 4 exclusive. What if I have a PC? Okay, first off, the original was a PlayStation exclusive. So it makes sense that the remake is a PlayStation exclusive, right? Like, am I am I crazy about that? Um, why wouldn't one of PlayStation's biggest exclusive titles not be exclusive on the remake? Okay, and, and secondly, you can play the original, like, everywhere now, um, but secondly, <laughs> they've already stated that this is going to be a timed exclusive, uh, for the most part, we, we have information from a lot of different sources saying that this is a timed exclusive, it's going to be a one-year timed ex exclusive, that means from the release tonight, and then for the next year, it's only going to be on PlayStation. After that, we'll most likely see a PC port, uh, Xbox One port, 
and maybe a Switch port if they really feel like dumbing the game down enough to get it to work on Switch. Maybe we'll even see a Switch port, which would be dope. I, don't, I would honestly love that. Uh, would I buy the game again? I don't know, maybe. I, I like I like having games on the go. I like my Switch. But, yeah, it. so it's one of their classic games, so why wouldn't it be exclusive? And also, it's a timed exclusive, so shut up. <laughs> um, secondly, somebody said that they never told us this episode would only be Midgar. And I don't know if this person has been following the information about this game, they've consistently talked about the game not only being episodic, which we learned about like four years ago, maybe even like shortly after its announcement, so maybe even earlier than that, that the game is going to be episodic. We've, we've been known this. So even if you haven't been following the game, that's common knowledge, the fact that it's episodic. And to this day, it still like baffles me that over the course of like these five months, some people are only just finding out about that now. Like, how? How? This has been common knowledge about this game. It was one of the early controversies before we saw more and more footage of the game that like, oh, it's going to be episodic and we hadn't seen much yet. Like, this was a big deal maybe in like 2016, 2017, but that was years ago. Um, also... We've known it's only going to take place in Midgar for like maybe like two years now, maybe even three years now. <laughs> um, we've been known that. We've been known that. Like, <laughs> and then they were like, "Why would I pay?" So that aside, because they obviously have not been paying attention to anything about this remake. I don't know why. If they're that concerned about it being like that, I don't know why you weren't paying attention at the start to begin with. But on top of that, they were like, why should I pay $60 for like four hours of game? Um, yes, in the original Final Fantasy VII, the Midgar section is like the first four hours of game. However, <laughs> however, well, maybe, maybe less than four hours, it depends on how long it takes you to do, or more than four hours or less than four hours, it depends. But on average, it takes about people, it takes people about four hours to get past the Midgar section. It's full of stuff, but it's pretty much the prologue of the game. Um, in the remake, they stated that the game is going to be 40 hours long for the Midgar section. So even though these games are going to be episodic and probably longer than three episodes, I don't know why people thought it was going to be three episodes, probably because of the three disc thing. Um, it seems like each episode is going to be a full 40 hour experience. 40 hours isn't a full game. Yes, the fuck it is. Quit saying that it's not. I don't know why people think every game needs to be like 60 to 100 hours for it to be worth $60. Not everyone wants to constantly play 140 hour games no one has that kind of time i'm not saying that i hate those kinds of games i clearly don't i have like 140 hours logged in dragon quest 11 and i'm not done with dragon quest 11 i have like over 100 hours in tales of vesperia and i haven't done everything in tales of vesperia yet either like i play games for long periods of time i have 110 hours 
in my first golden deer route of three houses? It shouldn't have taken me that long, but like I said, I like to take my time in playing games. I have no issue putting in over 100 hours in a game. I'm just saying the game does not need to be that long. Like imagine, like I already say I take time to play games, I'll turn like an 80 hour experience into a 160 hour experience. Dragon Quest XI is a great example of that. That shouldn't have normally, like a normal run through of that game, probably is not going to take you more than, I want to say 80 to 100 hours. I have 140 going on 150 hours in there because I take my time to do extra stuff. So I'll turn a game into something much longer. So imagine like if this game was like 100 hours, I'd be in this shit for like 250 hours. It, so I hate that argument that 40 hours is too short and not worth $60 because it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> the the worth of a game shouldn't come from its like unless unless of course the game is like let's say they have a story mode but the story mode's like three hours <laughs> unless you're talking about a fighting game those story modes can be short because you, there's other features to offer but like in an rpg i feel like as long as you're hitting 40 hours on a story in an rpg or a jrpg that's long enough like for a story itself because i think they said it's like 30 hours for the story and then if you do the side quest with it it's like 40 hours so you're gonna average 40 to 60 hours on this game anyway um but more than that it's also the experience of the game is the storyline good is the gameplay good are the characters interesting does the scenery match the the vibe is the music matching the vibe and the scenarios and the locations. It's a lot of stuff you have to take into consideration to make a game worth $60 or not. It's not just like, oh, how long is the game? You can have an, uh, a hundred hour plus long game and that game could be fucking ass. That game could be absolute trash, but it's worth the $60 cause it's over a hundred hours, right? Yeah, exactly. S stupid as fuck, shut up. <laughs> there is, um, what was the last thing? There is one more thing that like irked me about because this is like such common knowledge like you you don't have to like spoil yourself in the trailers or like extra information they give at like dev videos and whatnot this is stuff you can easily just find out like in articles it wasn't that crazy the red 13 thing how he's not playable we talked about that a few weeks ago and it was just like, okay, Red 13 doesn't show up until like, you're near the ending of Midgard. So if episode one of the remake only takes place in Midgard, what would be the point of making Red 13 fully playable and making a full moveset and doing all this shit for Red 13 and having like a skill tree and customization for him to be playable of all of like, maybe like an hour or two of gameplay at the end of the game, when you've already like grown accustomed to these four other party members and all their other shit. Like I said, this game is 40 hours at minimum, it seems. And why would you spend two hours of that on this Red 13, on Red 13? Cause when the game ends, it's just like, okay, cool. I use Red 13 for a second. Whereas in the original game, 
Midgar is like I said, is only like four hours. You get him at the end, and then you continue on with the game. So probably in episode two, we'll see Red Thirteen be playable. I don't know how long episode two is gonna be. I don't know if they want to do it to before Aerith dies or after Aerith dies. I don't know how long they're gonna play it. I also don't know what other changes they're planning after Midgar. I I'm assuming they're gonna milk this shit and make it seven episodes. Now, as long as the episodes are good, I'm going to keep paying for them. If I start to see declines in quality of these episodes, I might not buy them at launch. I might wait for discounts because they might not be worth $60. Maybe episode 3 is worth, like, maybe to me only $30, but episode 4 is fantastic and it's worth the full price. I don't know yet. But people also getting mad like, oh, they're milky, you're going to have to pay hundreds for a game for pieces of a game where you could do it. then go play the original it's like less than twenty dollars everywhere if that's really your complaint about the remake go play the original game the original game does not cease to exist once this remake releases you can i could hate the remake i i could go into this tonight start playing and be like you know what i don't fucking like this at all but you know what i could still do Hop on my Switch and play the original Final Fantasy VII because I bought it on my Switch. And you could buy it on PlayStation 4. You could buy it on Xbox One. You could buy it on PC. <laughs> I think they have it on Android and iOS. You, you can play this, like, practically anywhere. Like, if you have your old PlayStation with an old copy, boom, there you go. You can get an emulator on your computer, play it, boom, there you go. People get so, and I understand because the game holds such, like, a, it holds a big spot in a lot of people's hearts. Me included, of course. And it's regarded as one of the best Final Fantasy games. I don't care if you don't like Final Fantasy VII, you can't, you cannot debate with me that it's regarded as one of the best Final Fantasies. You don't have to agree that it is. You can't, but you can't say that... A lot of people, like an overwhelmingly large amount of people, consider this to be the best Final Fantasy game and one of the best games of all time. You can't argue with me that it's considered like that. You can you can say that it's not, and you can say that you don't think it's the best game ever, but you can't ignore the overwhelming presence it has. It's like what I say with One Piece. It's like you I don't think One Piece is the greatest thing on earth, but I cannot take away the accomplishments One One Piece has. This is coming from someone that likes One Piece too. I don't think it's the greatest thing ever, but I can't say it's not one of the best-selling manga series ever. I can't say it's an overwhelmingly huge hit because it is. You can't ignore facts, but you can still have your opinions. Da 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 da. I'm getting off topic. Anywho, so things to know about the remake. It's going to be anywhere between 40 to 60 hours, depending on if you do side quests, how many side quests you do, how long you take to do certain things in a game, generally in an RPG. So 40 to 60 hours. It is only the Midgar section, but they've turned a four hour section into a 40 hour section. So it's not a big deal. You can only play as Cloud, Barret, Tifa, and Aerith. Red 13 will not be playable in episode one, because by the time you get him, episode 1 will already be about to conclude. So you'll probably have him in episode 2. At the start of episode 2, in fact. Um, 
The game is not turn-based. It uses an action-based combat system. Somebody was complaining about that, too. Somebody said the combat system lacked depth. First off, no, it doesn't. I don't know if you've seen some of these videos. Just to go into it, um, each weapon has a, like, a skill tree with it, for the most part, from what we've seen. But what we see from certain footage and trailers, the Buster Sword has, like, a skill tree where you can level it up and evolve it and give it new abilities and certain things to it so essentially it looks like they've made it so that if you wanted to use only the buster sword throughout the whole game you could probably level it up and keep making it stronger as you progress through the game or maybe at least to a certain point in the game where it's just like okay it's maxed out it's not getting any better i might need a new better weapon but it looks like you can upgrade weapons individually like the nail that had its own individual skill tree with its own individual like gimmicks and things that it couldn't that the buster sword couldn't do but then it can do stuff it can't do certain things that the buster sword could so weapons alone have already been like massively overhauled in the fact that you can not only customize them with materia which are slots but you can customize the weapon trees themselves along with probably like your character trees and evolving materia themselves so I'm like, what? They, somebody said they ruined the summoning system, and I was like, nigga, how? The summonings look better than fucking ever. I don't understand how people don't like the summonings on this game. That is one thing I'm just like, how are they bad? How are they bad? Tell me, how are they bad? They look fan-fucking-tastic. Um, I don't know, dude. I'm hyped for this game. Haters gonna hate. But at the same time, none of these niggas have played the game yet, so how are you gonna hate on something you haven't even played? Like, I don't understand, I don't get that. Like, how about you play the game first? And if you played the demo, and that's your opinion of it, you don't really like it, fair enough, go play the original game. Stop spoiling everyone else's fun. Look at you guys only liking it because you're fucking Square Enix fanboys. Maybe people actually like something you don't fucking like. Did you ever think about that? <laughs> I don't, people like baffle me with, with their like weak ass arguments and opinions because it's just like, you're only thinking for yourself and you're not thinking as a whole. So you're just like, I don't like this. So no one should like it, which is like really fucking childish, dude. Just go play the original game. Don't buy the new one and shut up if you really don't want it that bad. Stop trying to spoil everyone else's fun. The game is coming out in like eight hours. I'm super stoked. Excuse me. But yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I, I've been talking about that for like 20 minutes. We're going to move into the Yu Yu Show stuff. I got real passionate about that, dude. I, I love Final Fantasy VII. It's definitely one of my all-time faves. The Final Fantasy series isn't like my favorite like set of games. But there are just some that I absolutely love. Like If they, if they were like, hey, Final Fantasy VI Remake, I'd be on that shit so fast too. Final Fantasy 6 is probably my second favorite Final Fantasy. And it's only second because I played FF7 first. I feel like I like 6 and 7 equally for different reasons. And it all just came down to which game I played first. Had I played 6 first, I would have liked 6 more than 7. But I played 7 first. So it's more nostalgia based in my heart. So that's why it has that other spot it could have been vice versa easily but 
let's move into the UU retrospective, something else I'm passionate about, my favorite anime of all time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to do two episodes this time, and then that'll probably be it for the podcast, because we're already like 20 minutes in. <laughs> but um, first up, uh, we'll do a little recap, since we didn't uh, talk about UU last week. Uh, so, when we last left off, we were on episode 11, which was Hard Fights for Yusuke. Yusuke finished off Kibano using uh, a cigarette that Genkai had previously thrown into the tournament uh, arena, the darkness, to m allow himself to see where uh, Kibano was coming from and then shoot a spear gun in Homeboy's face. So that was pretty dope. And then he immediately had to go in the next fight against uh, Kazumaru, who was mollywhopping the shit out of this man. <laughs> Until Yusuke got lucky and managed to make Kazumaru hit himself with his own attack. So, <laughs> through uh, sheer luck, uh, his delinquent skills, and just like his raw combat prowess, Yusuke has managed to make his way to the finals. And the only other people left are Kuwabara and Sharon. Kuwabara definitely is not rando in disguise, we know this, so that only means Sharon has to be rando. So, uh, episode 12 is Rando Rises, Kuwabara Falls. So Kuwabara is getting ready to step up, do his thing, talking about how, uh, against Sharon it should be an easy win. Their stats are pretty even, Koema's still really worried because he's like, dude, this is probably rando. <laughs> In disguise. Botan's worried because she's like, dude, if this is rando, Kuwabara's fucked. Um, the most epic foreshadowing, one of the most epic foreshadowings in anime history. Kuwabara was indeed fucked. So Yusuke tries to uh, get Kuwabara to throw the fight. He's like, look, dude, I know you want to show your stuff and flex and all that. This is not something you can handle. This is that demon I was talking about. Kuwabara does not care. Kuwabara is being ignorant. Kuwabara is uh, like, look, dude, I'm going to beat this guy, and then I'm going to beat you in the next round. And then Yusuke and Kuwabara start arguing, like they always do. And then Genkai's like, hurry up and get this shit cracking. So, <laughs> they step up, and the fight begins. Uh, Shuren moves in to attack. Kuwabara with just what looks like straight-up martial arts skills. And Kuwabara is able to easily handle it. Uh, Kuwabara, despite always getting straight decimated, <laughs> just destroyed by Yusuke, uh, is very much a capable street fighter. He is the second strongest person at their school. He's right behind Yusuke in terms of strength. So he's able to block and evade all of Shirin's blows uh, and just start hitting him he, he lands a really clean shot Sharon moves into attack and they have this really cool I, I like the the animation of the scene just because I, I feel like they 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 actually tried to put the effort in to make it like a really dynamic looking fight scene especially for the time it came out when did that episode come out 1992 is when it originally aired and this is like the blu-ray kind of updated quality one so it does definitely have like the benefit of that update but still visually to the eyes the scene was really cool like Kuwabara like blocking and dodging all the blows and the way the camera was moving around as they were 
going at it, and Kuwabara just smacks someone good on top of the head and knocks him into the ground. So Kuwabara's really feeling himself. He, he's, he's definitely confident that he's going to take the W, which is what I always say about Kuwabara's character, is when is like, at his most cocky, is usually when he takes his biggest losses. Kuwabara only usually gets wins when he actually has to rely on his abilities like his actual powers something he normally doesn't like doing he likes relying on his brute strength and like a straightforward combat decision to win the fight he likes to dash in and try to end things really fast and thinking that's the only way but when he's in a desperate situation and he actually utilizes his powers in a creative way is usually when he wins his fights. Like when he first activated his spirit sword. But right now, Kuwabar is just like, dude, I already got one win. I got that spirit sword in my back pocket in case it's time to, you know, finish things up. He's he's really confident, but he's really cocky. He's, he's, he's getting a little too big of himself, full of himself. So Shuren gets up and he's just like, all right. Alright, bro. Alright, I see you. And Sharon then activates a technique. Uh, I think... I forget what it's called in the sub, but in the dub it's called Circles of Inferno. <laughs> I hate these old school dub names for some of these techniques. Like, the main crew, like the main four, I like their name techniques. Because a lot of them aren't, like, drastically changed. Like, Spirit Gun is Reigen in Japanese. Uh, Spirit Sword is Reiken. Uh, Dragon of the Darkness Flame, I believe the Japanese translation is like f Dragon Flame of Darkness Technique or something. They're like not drastically changed names, but some of them are. <laughs> um, uh, it was not called Circles of Inferno in the translation, but um, in the dub, that's what they chose to call it. So Shuren just pretty much throwing fireballs at Kuwabara. Kuwabara's thrown off guard by it at first, but he's able to evade some of it, just grazing him. And that's when he activates his Spirit Sword. He still can't activate it at will, so he's still holding on to that broken piece of the wooden sword. Uh, what's his name? Musashi had against him back in the previous round. So he activates the Spirit Sword and he's like, batter up. This is another thing I hated about the, the, the anime that they changed from the manga. Because like I said, I mentioned it before. During this arc in the manga, in the anime, Kuwabara is wearing his school clothes in this arc, which makes no sense because they're not at school, and it's they're they're on a vacation, I believe. So it's just like, why is he wearing his school clothes? In the manga, he's not. He's wearing like jeans and a baseball jersey because Kuwabara. I think I believe part of Kuwabara's namesake, uh, uh, the Kuwabara part, I think translate is the part that translates to the mulberry tree thing. But it's also um, some baseball references to Kuwabara. The baseball jersey being one of them. And that's why I I like this scene in the dub because he's like, or in the, in the manga because he's like batter up and he has the baseball jersey on. And he's using the sword like a baseball bat, which shows that, you know, he's kind of like a brute force kind of dude. He's not, he doesn't have a sword technique. He's just swinging it around. So it made sense more with his character. I just like the aesthetic and how everything tied together better in the manga than it did in the anime. I just... I don't know why they chose that. I don't know why the anime decided not to have him wear that outfit. I just thought it was weird. But, anywho, and I think that's like the only outfit change they do too. I think throughout the rest of the series, the outfits match what they were wearing in the manga. But for some reason, that that one time, they were like, nah, just put him in his school clothes. I don't know what happened. But, that's beside the point. That's It's not a super huge deal. It's kind of a pet peeve of mine. 
are a nitpick of mine, I would say. I mean, uh, so Shuren throws the circles of Inferno, and this time Kuabara smacks one back at Shuren, hits him square in the chest. Shuren goes down again. Kuabara is really feeling himself at this point. He's like, dude, he hasn't even fucking touched me at this point. Which he hadn't. Kuabara definitely, from the outside looking in, had an overwhelming advantage in there in this fight. He was really winning. And it was shocking Botan and, and Yusuke, not because, like, oh, Kuabara is actually winning a fight, because we already saw him win one. It was more the fact that they believe this guy is rando, so they're just like, Kuabara is really taking on this demon. Like, this is crazy. Little did they know, rando wasn't trying yet. But, um, anywho, he goes down, and then Yusuke's like, well, maybe this isn't Rando. Maybe either, maybe he got taken out earlier. Maybe he wasn't really here. Who knows? But, uh, Genkai's silently watching. Kuobara's talking his talk, and Sharon's just like, all right, impressive. Impressive. You've taken me down twice. You've taken my moves and used them to your own advantage, like, two times now, bro. You... Hand-to-hand -hand combat, you you beat me. The the circles of Inferno, you hit him right back at me. Alright. And then Shuren starts to change his personality into what Rando really is. And he starts chanting something. And everyone's looking on and like, what the fuck is happening? But Genkai knows. And Genkai is getting more and more suspicious of Shuren. She's like, the circles of Inferno and that chant or techniques made by psychics who have long since passed from this world centuries ago. She's like, these guys are long dead. The people that could have taught Shuren this have been dead for a long time. It's impossible for him to have learned it. So Yusuke's like, you just confirmed it for me, who this guy really is. So if we needed any more confirmation that Shuren was Rando, there it was right there. So as Shuren finishes the chant, Kuabara is getting, you know, a little anxious and he's tired of waiting around. So he charges in to try to strike Shuren down with his spirit sword, but that's right when the chant finishes. And all of a sudden, it looks like Shuren has grown to like this gigantic size, like he's a big ass Godzilla monster. And Kuabara is really confused by this, but it's not Shuren that has grown, it's Kuabara that has shrunk. So, like, caterpillar, he's like the size of a caterpillar. The grass looks like a giant forest to him. And everyone's just like, yo, what the fuck did he just do? So Shuren picks Kuobara up as he tries to run. And Shuren's like holding him in his hands and squeezing on him. And Kuobara starts screaming at him because he's squeezing the life out of him. It hurts. And Yusuke's, Yusuke and Botan are watching. They're like fucking like shook. They're horrified by this. Because at this point... Rando could have easily just ended the fight very quickly once Kuwabara shrunk. But instead of doing that, he chose to torture Kuwabara. And this goes on for a little bit, and it's really fucked up. He's like tossing him up in the air and grabbing him again between his hands and squeeze it on him. You can hear his like bones starting to pop. And then he rips off Kuwabara's shirt sleeve and starts bending his arm. And Kuwabara is like begging him to stop. He's like, please, please don't do this. Stop. And he like breaks Kuwabara's arm like a twig because Kuwabara is so small. So now he's even more fragile. So Kuwabara's arm snaps. He screams out. It's 
Christopher Sabat does a great job as Kuwabara, dude. The the voice acting in, in the dub of Yu is great. Kuwabara's voice is annoying. It, it fits the character, nigga. That, it's supposed to sound that way. But that scream, that like, that ah, like that shit, it hits because you can tell like he's, he's done. Like there's no way he's getting out of this. There's no way he can endure this much pain for much longer. So after his arm's broken, Shuren's still tossing him around, and get and Yusuke's like, look, the fight's over. Let make it stop. And then Genghai's just like, alright, yeah, this is this is enough. Kuabara already lost, so she calls the fight. But Shuren's still fucking around with Kuabara. And Yusuke's like, you know what? Okay, cool, we're done here. And he starts charging in. So Shuren then at that moment tosses Kuabara in the air and then releases the chant. They see Kuabara back to his normal size, mangled and beaten on the ground. Like, he... He looks like his body is shattered. It's like, twisted. It's it's really fucked up, and Kuabara, he... It doesn't look like he'd be getting up anytime soon for a very long time. So, this pisses Yusuke off. Because Botan's like, I don't know if any of these wounds will heal. Which is like, oh fuck, this man could have just ended Kuabara's whole career. So, Yusuke's pissed off now, and Kuabara's like, you know, still conscious for a little bit. He's like, even if all the bones in my body are broken, I'm gonna still get up, because we still gotta fight. Yusuke, like, all he's thinking about is still fighting Yusuke and beating Yusuke. And Yusuke's like, yeah, buddy, of course. So Yusuke stands up and he's facing Shuren, and he not fucking around. <laughs> so, and he's regained a good portion of his spirit energy back because, you know, he's had time to relax and breathe. And like before this said in the previous episode, the battlefield they're on is good for people to recover spirit energy and fight at their fullest with their spirit energy. So the battle with Shuren and Yusuke begins, and Yusuke pretty is is pretty confident he can take Shuren out so when he gets to the peak of like holy fuck Shuren's like nervous because Yusuke's not playing games he's fucking wailing on him Shuren bust out another one of his uh many techniques I forget what they called it in the 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 dub I forget the name it's like wind sickles or something like that but um pretty much what the way Genkai describes it is they can take all air it, it creates like a vacuum of wind and air and anyone caught in it has the air like sucked out of their body violently so if you have any open wounds or scars this is going to hurt even more because you're you're pretty much getting sucked through a vacuum and yusuke has gone through two fights already and he was majorly injured in both of them so he's covered in wounds and scars from these previous fights and has not yet fully recovered. So this technique is kind of like the perfect counter for Yusuke. Also, Shuren is up in the air firing the attack down at Yusuke. So Yusuke can't really reach him unless he gets past this wind. So at first, Yusuke gets blown the fuck back because he's like, yo, this, it, it hurts. It's like really hurting him it, because he's just cut and bruised all over and it looks like there's nothing he can do there's no way he can get to Sharon and even if he gets up again he's just going to have 
all his wounds take advantage of him. Uh, Yusuke gets up again, though. And this is where we see... It is definitely a shonen protagonist trope, but when Yusuke's friends are in danger or are hurt, Yusuke's power responds to that and he gets like a boost. And this is a trope, It's not, but it's not like he just gets a random power boost. It's more of like the whole Gohan thing where like the inner anger and there's kind of like that wall he has to get past. It's one of those, which is something I prefer rather than just like, I'm mad, my strength increased. It was more like, I'm mad, now I can tap into like this energy I can't tap into. And it's not like this one-time thing or like this occasional random thing that happens with Yusuke. That idea of Yusuke having this untapped power that he hasn't been able to reach due to like this wall of emotions he puts up becomes an ongoing theme and kind of arc for his character all the way up until um, Tagoro. That's when it reaches its peak. So this becomes an ongoing thing, and it starts with Genkai there watching, so she knows about it. So I thought that was a really good setup, even if it wasn't intentional. So Yusuke gets up, and he endures through this wind attack a second time, goes up into the air, has like this cross arm in front of him, tackles Shuren like that, and then knocks him down to the ground, kind of like a Noun's cross arm dive from Dragon Ball. You know how... I don't know if people have seen Dragon Ball, but there's this character in one of the first martial arts tournaments in Dragon Ball that Goku fights. And he had this move where he would jump up high into the air, cross his arms in front of him, and just straight down. And just like, have his fucking arms on your like face and neck and just smack you into the ground. It, it That's something, it, Yusuke did something similar to it. So I was like, yo, that was dope. And Shuren's down. Yusuke can barely stand, but he's claimed his victory, or so he thinks. So he's walking over to Genkai, he's like, what you think of that, old lady? I fucking did it. And Botan's like, if only Kobara could have been, you know, around to see it. And Kobara's like, bitch, I'm not dead. <laughs> like, what you mean? <laughs> but then Genkai's like, I don't, I don't know what you're celebrating for, and I don't know why you wasted what little energy you had left walking over here. Your fight's not over. And Kubar, the Yusuke's like, what? She's like, do you really think Rando would be that easy to beat? And then the ground starts shaking, and this overwhelmingly powerful amount of spirit energy can be felt. As Shuren's body kind of like melts into the ground, his clothes rip, and you can hear this voice, like Rando's real voice, talking about like, see, now you done fucked up. Because since you're about to see my true form, I can't let any of you live. The only question is, what techniques will I use to kill you? So Rando reveals himself. Rando is like taller. He's, 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 I don't want to say he's super tall, but he is taller than Yusuke. He's, you know, cut, he's buff, doesn't have a shirt, black pants, black shoes, this red hair weird bluish whitish kind of pale looking skin he's he's a weird looking demon is what i'm saying <laughs> um and he's very intimidating because it's like oh fuck the real fight starts now so that's how episode 12 ends which i 12 episode 12 i think is a really good like second to last episode that peak before the finale is really good because you have that whole setup with Sherry when you find out he's really rando and 
Kuwabara takes the fall, and then Yusuke, you know, gets that payback only for Rando to really reveal himself. I like the constant pacing of the action in that episode. It was really fun to watch. Um, so then we move on to episode 13, which is the finale of this arc, and it's called Yusuke versus Rando, 99 Attacks. So the battle starts, and Rando easily is able to take advantage of Yusuke. He can't, Yusuke can't do shit. Yusuke goes in to try to attack with like this barrage of punches and kicks, and he tries to do a final blow, and Rando's just standing there, taking it, not even flinching, like not moving at all. It's like Yusuke was punching a brick wall. Like, <laughs> and Rando's like, for real? That was, that was it? That's all you got. None of that shit had any spirit energy behind it, bro. You, you ain't got nothing left. So Rando proceeds to start beating Yusuke. <laughs> like, no problem. Like, Yusuke wasted all his energy, or what little he had left, enduring that wind attack from Shirin Rando, and that last attack he did to lay him out on the ground, thinking that would end the fight. So now he's pretty much exhausted again. He's covered in more scars now from a third fight. And now he's... Rando's pretty much uninjured. Sharon, that Sharon thing was just a disguise. So now that he's in his true form, it's like he hasn't even taken damage. So Yusuke's definitely at a major disadvantage. And then Rando re reveals another one of his many 99 techniques. Uh... It's called Life Force Threads, and as Genkai describes the move as being a very archaic form of manifesting spirit energy into a physical form. So these threads are made of Rando's own spirit energy, and he kind of sticks the threads together into this weird rope gum subs. It reminds me of bungee gum from, from Hunter x Hunter, and the way Rando uses it a little bit here and there. So maybe, you know, that, in, that as a base later inspired Tagashi's idea for bungee gum and Hunter Hunter. That's Hisoka's uh, net ability. Uh, I don't know if it's called bungee gum in the, the, the official translation. I could be calling it something that it's not. But I remember in the dub from when I watched the old Hunter Hunter, um, they called it bungee gum. But anywho, <laughs> what was I? What was I saying? So he he forms a thread into this one thick gummy looking rope kind of thing and wraps it around Yusuke and Yusuke can't get out and Rando's swinging him around and slamming him in the ground in the trees he's just like you like that little nigga just just playing with him Rando is just toying with Yusuke at this point like he did Kuwabara like I'd argue Kuwabara's is worse because he fucking mangled Kuwabara but he's 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 pretty much playing with his prey before he kills him and he's because he he believes he's already won at this point so he's just like i'm gonna have a little fun i already claimed my w so he's swinging yusuke around yusuke's you know trying to stay positive still talking his shit and rando hangs him upside down from a tree while still tied up in the rope over one of the swamps in this battlefield there's swamps everywhere remember from the previous episodes and he does another chant this chant activates some demon fish that uh, the dub calls hate fish. I don't know if it's called that in the official translation, but hate fish is a stupid fucking name. Um, 
So the fish are in the water swimming around. They look hella deadly. And Randall's like, and they're hungry, bro. And Yusuke's like on a branch hanging upside down by these life force threads over this swamp filled with these fish. And Rando summons a little tamer demon to give an example of how dangerous these things really are. He tosses the demon up into the air. It goes for Yusuke, but then he forces the demon to fall into the water. And the hate fish immediately like eat him and tear him to shreds until there's nothing left. And Rando's like, and look, that nigga could defend himself. What do you think's gonna happen to you? <laughs> so Yusuke's just like, oh, this fucking asshole. Botan's begging Genkai to stop the fight or do something. And Genkai, this is this is Genkai before you know she's had her whole little character change from hanging around Yusuke and training him and bonding with him. Genkai's this old recluse hermit of a lady, and she doesn't want to be bothered. The only reason why she held this thing in the first place is because she's getting old, and she wants to pass her techniques down before she passes away. She wants her moves, her skills, the things she's trained her whole life to create and learn and master to be what keeps her legacy going that's how she's going to live on she'll survive through those techniques and it's just a way of her being a psychic and a martial artist and she's not very concerned with good or evil she's just like whoever wins the tournament is learning my techniques i'm old i don't give a fuck about that stuff if my techniques have to be held in the possession of a evil dude for a little while so be it, but they'll still exist. And Botan's like, yo, what the fuck? This lady is horrible. But we don't know too much about Genkai yet or why she is that way. And we won't find that out entirely until season two with the Dark Tournament. But that's just how Genkai is. Old Lady Genkai, just a grouchy old lady who doesn't care about the balance of good and evil. And we learn why that is through the whole Tagoro backstory stuff with her in him and that's what ties them together as characters but so she's not gonna stop the fight she'll she'll let yusuke die it, it it's just how it is even though she saw a lot of potential in him she's playing by the rules so rando's like look enough playing around i want to use a technique i just recently learned and then this nigga starts charging up a spirit gun and this is funny because it's actually kind of the first instance we see a deep the demon gun before Yusuke uses the demon gun um because Rando is a demon so he uses a uh, yoki or uh, demon energy they they differentiate this a lot uh clearer in the manga than they do the anime I feel like later in the anime they start to really like tell you there's a difference between spirit or the difference between energies from humans to demons that humans use reiki which is spirit energy and demons use yoki which is uh demon energy or yokai energy because they're not exactly demons it's more like yokai based stuff but you get the gist of it overall and then there were sensui's uh sacred energy but they they don't differentiate it too much early in the anime in the manga, I believe, when I, I remember reading it, they did make a clear difference between the two. That that demons didn't use spirit energy, they used 
demon energy. So that's why Rando's spirit gun was red because he was using demon energy. So he actually used the demon gun before Yusuke did, which I thought was kind of funny when you think about it. Um, so he fires it and barely misses Yusuke's face and blows up a tree somewhere behind him. And I, he, he, you know, he's playing around. And then he's just like, all right, this is done. So then he shoots another spear gun or a demon gun and breaks the tree branch Yusuke's hanging from and Yusuke falls into the water. Yusuke's tied up, Yusuke's trapped, he can't do anything, and he's sinking lower and lower as these hate fish are coming right at him. And you know, he's just like, I can't believe this is how I go out. I get my life back after going through all this bullshit ordeal stuff, only to wind up dying a few weeks later from some fish in a swamp and he's just like hate fish what a stupid name and i was like thank you hate fish is a stupid fucking name thank you yusuke so yusuke is pretty much acceptant of the fact that he will not accept him but he believes he's going to die and he has no way out of this and guess who helps my boy out none other than the legendary man himself kazuma kuwabara <laughs> So Kuwabara's like spirit actually comes out, comes forth, and goes into the, the swamp and repels the fish away from Yusuke. And Yusuke can see the spirit representation or manifestation of Kuwabara. And I know some people like to debate this as Yusuke like hallucinating and Kuwabara didn't actually do this. But I want to call bullshit on that because... Genkai, Rando, and Botan saw the spirit come out of Kuwabara's body. So if this was like a hallucination or some inner pep talk monologue in Yusuke's head, why did everyone else see it? <laughs> why did everyone else see Kuwabara's like soul manifest from his body and go to the swamp? This actually happened. This is something Kuwabara did. I don't think Kuwabara did it consciously because Kuwabara didn't have that great of control over his powers especially that early in this is something that his powers did in response to these struggles Kuwabara's powers it's kind of similar to Yusuke whereas Yusuke is able to tap into more energy Kuwabara's powers really show what they're truly capable of winning those tough struggles those back against the wall kind of like everyone's in danger kind of thing but instead of like having more spirit energy Kuwabara's powers just are at their peak in those desperate times, which is when he mainly wins his fights. But anywho, Kuwabara's spirit's like talking trash to Yusuke. He's like, for real, you're gonna just die in this pond? Loser. Fucking, you know, they, they're doing their banter. And he's like, well, maybe after you die, they'll make me spirit detective of Earth and da 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 da. And the spirit fades off and Yusuke's like, you know what, fuck all that. As the hate fish are coming at him again, Yusuke is like wrapped in spirit energy and he blows out of the, the life force threads and blows the fish out of the water. And he's just like, fuck that Kuwabara, this is my job. You don't get to do my job. So it seems as that uh, according to Rando, the way Rando viewed it, Kuwabara's spirit went into the water and gave Yusuke some of the last of his spirit energy to give him some more juice. Uh, people like to also say that that didn't happen and that Kuwabara or Yusuke just got another power boost from Kuwabara's pep talk. But I, I like to agree with Rando on that because it makes more sense 
because Yusuke was completely depleted of energy. So it wouldn't make sense for him to get another random power boost, but it would make sense if Kuwabara's spirit could already manifest from his own body, or from his body into the, the swamp, that that metaphorical conversation they had, like Kuwabara's spirit, like trash-talking Yusuke, was Kuwabara giving Yusuke energy so Yusuke could get out of the situation. Because he runs out of energy immediately again after this scene. He comes out of the, another swamp as Rando's waiting for him to pop up from the water and he pops up from a, another swamp behind rando because the swamps are all the swamp holes are all connected into one larger thing he's in the air charging up a spirit gun and he's like you're doing the spirit gun technique all wrong you're not putting enough force into it so then he fires off and rando fires his and they have a clash and at first it looks like they're evenly matched but then yusuke's overpowers rando and it hits him in the chest and Rando falls into the swamp. Yusuke lands, and he's like, you didn't have, you know, the stopping power I had. So, it finally looks like Yusuke has won. Thanks to a little help from Kuwabara, a little encouragement, and Yusuke, you know, remembering that the swamp tolls were connected, and being able to do that. So, a combination of luck, and, you know, remembering things, and being really sneaky and crafty, and a smartass that he is, he's able to looks like he's able to sink the victory no it's not over yet so the swamp water starts boiling and kind of just evaporates away in the little swamp hole rando was in and rando's still standing and yusuke's like are you fucking kidding me because he has nothing left at this point that was it that was the last of his energy it was all put into that last spirit gun that he fired so now yusuke's like shit what do i do Rando starts throwing some blows, and Yusuke falls over, like he throws like a, a punch and then a kick to the gut, and Yusuke's like, look man, I may be on the ground now, but I'm still, I can still fight, I'm still dangerous, and Rando's like, there's no use bluffing, nigga, there's no use bluffing, you're, you're out of energy, you can't fight anymore, but Rando says he's also pretty much depleted of energy and can't fight anymore. And Yusuke in his head, this this is like the greatest stroke of luck on Yusuke's side of things because I, and I love this scene. I love this scene so much because as Rando's talking his talk, Yusuke's on the floor looking at him and he's like, I can barely fucking hear this nigga. Like, what is he, what is he saying? I must be about to pass out. I can barely hear him. So Rando starts chanting and he's going to use the little chant that shrinks people. And as he does this chant, instead of Yusuke shrinking, Rando shrinks. So Rando's like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and Yusuke still can't hear what's going on as Botan runs up to him and she's like, and he's like, are you, are you okay? And he's like, what the fuck? Why is everything so quiet? And Genkai starts explaining to Rando, look, the, the spell blew up in your face. And Rando's like, what? So according to Genkai, the way the chant works is it works through a mental thing, like sound. Like someone needs to hear that chant to be affected by it. The chant alters the body's cells. So that energy needs to go somewhere. So if it doesn't go to the intended target, it's going to affect the closest person, the next closest person that can hear it. That would be Rando, because he was right next to Yusuke. So the spell up, 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 and essentially went boom in his face. So Genkai is essentially saying that chant's really 
is nifty, but if somebody already knows about the technique and how exactly how it works, all they have to do is cover their ears and then it's not going to work on them. But Rando's just like, how the fuck would he know that if I didn't know that? And he wasn't covering his ears. So Yusuke's just like, why is everything so freaking quiet? And he digs in his ear and when he was in the swamp, swamp algae like fell in his ear. So his ears were clogged up by this swamp algae. So he's just like, ew, gross. And Rando's like, are you serious? So through pure luck alone, Yusuke is able to get around the champ because of that. Because Yusuke had no idea that, oh yeah, all I'd have to do is cover my ears. He wouldn't have known that at all. He would have been affected. So Rando is now small and Genkai's like, see, you didn't know the exact specifics of these techniques. You just stole them from the psychics you murdered over time. So you never really took the time to master them. You just know them as a base. So you kind of fucked yourself over too. So it was a combination of luck and Rando not really practicing these techniques very well. So Yusuke stands up as Rando's just like, I'll just reverse the chant. And Yusuke's like, look, bro, I'm not about to let you do that. You know this, I know this, it's not going down. So <laughs> Yusuke's like, I don't have any energy to really like hit you or anything like that, but I'm about ready to fall over. So we'll just let gravity do the work. So Rando tries to run as Yusuke's falling over him and Yusuke just falls and drops his elbow directly on little Rando's back and lays him out. And that's the end of the fight. <laughs> so. Yusuke, beaten on the floor, not able to stand anymore, takes the W. <laughs> and he wins the Genkai tournament. Rando is finally taken down, this time for good. He's not getting back up. But he's not dead. He's just in custody. I'd like to note that. Uh, <laughs> we never see him again, but I just like, I always like to point out that Yusuke did not kill Rando. He just beat him. Oh, sorry, something fell. But, um,. So after that, Yusuke, or Genkai uses uh, the power of her spirit wave to heal Kuwabara's wounds. So as Botan's about to take Lil Rando back to spirit roll before he wakes up, he's still small and he hasn't been able to reverse the chant yet because he's incapacitated. Genkai tells uh, Botan, hey, take Kuwabara with you. And Yusuke's like, what, to spirit roll? And she's like, no, you fucking idiot, to his house. I healed him. So Yusuke's like, damn, that spirit wave thing's pretty impressive. And she's just, and she tells him like, good, good thing that you like it because you're gonna spend the next six months uh, trying to learn it from me. And Yusuke's like, uh, no the fuck I'm not old lady. I solved the case, I beat Rando. I won't be here anymore. I'm about to get my tickets to Tokyo Dome, which is the reward Botan offered Yusuke if he solved the case. He still completely remembered that. Botan is shocked by the fact that he did. She's like, I can't believe this nigga still remembered those tickets. And Genkai's like, no, 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 no. Which means Yusuke cared about this case. Yusuke got to the point where he cared a little more about his job and his case towards the end where he had to fight Rando and he had something more to fight for since Kuwabara almost died and that's his boy. So he's like, I can't let Rando get away with that. So there was a revenge factor added into it. But he wanted to solve the case too, mainly because he still remembered the damn tickets. So <laughs> Yusuke still hasn't fully grown accustomed to like, this is my job, I'm spirit detective, I'm a good guy. <laughs> he, he's still a kid. He's still just like, 
I wanted to do this for my own benefit. There just also happened to be some other things that later got involved into this whole situation. <laughs> so we don't see Yusuke like truly do the job because he cares about people solely alone until like the end of the Four Saint Beast arc. But anyway, Genkai's like, no, you're not leaving. You're going to stay here with me for the next six months and train. And Yusuke's like, oh no. And he can't really do anything because he can't he can't run from her. First of all, even if he was at full strength, that current Yusuke at that point would not be able to beat Genkai. And Genkai is an old lady. <laughs> but now he's crippled, so there's nothing he can really do. Like he's beaten and bruised, he hasn't healed yet. So the episode kind of closes out just like that, with Yusuke being forced into training with Genkai. So that ends the rando arc, all's well that ends well, uh, except for Chimpo, he's dead, RIP. <laughs> I love how he was there, and then he just was gone. He was in one episode, Chimpo, I'm a traveling merchant. Is that even his name? I'm not even getting that nigga's name wrong, I just remember Shira beat him in the first round. And they didn't even show the fight. That's the only fight you don't see. You just hear that nigga yell out in pain from the darkness. And Sharon walk out winning. He fucking murdered <laughs> Oh, and then um, the, the, the assassin dude got fucking eviscerated by Kazumaro. By that spirit blast energy technique he did. So yeah, like two people died. <laughs> Two people die during this tournament, and then Genkai's like, cool, moving on. I wonder if she cleans the bodies up after just, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. But, <laughs> so they're dead. Uh, Musashi, Kibano, and Kazumaru are alive, but they got knocked out pretty bad. Like, all of them got pummeled really hard in the end. Like, Kuobara's one spirit sword swing dragged Musashi across the ground and left a crater in its wake. Uh, Kibano took a spare gun to the face. Kazumaru pretty much got blown up and almost died. <laughs> so we never see those guys again. One thing I would have liked to see is maybe like more of those older human psychics come back later. Maybe it would have happened if uh, Tagashi didn't end the series so short, so early. No shade thrown to him, I'm just thinking what ifs. But yeah, we never see those guys again, and Rando is in custody. So Kuobara survives, and that ends the arc. Overall, good finale. This isn't my favorite finale to an arc. I think it's... I think it's... I, I like it better than the three, the, the, the three stolen art ones, the Hiei fight. But I think progressively the arc finales get better. This one was good, though. This one was solid. I like episode... 12 better than episode 13 the Kuobara versus Sharon fight and the Yusuke versus Sharon fight I like them better but this Rando versus Yusuke fight was very fitting of the conclusion like the spear gun versus spear gun blast Yusuke consistently making his way through victories throughout this whole Genkai selection process through a combination of luck in his own like pure grit kind of thing and Rando losing uh, because instead of mastering this te these techniques, he just stole them. And then Kuobara, we see a major example of Kuobara's overconfidence leading to a loss rather than K 
Kuwabara relying on his powers leading to a win. We see that dynamic with his character. Also, Yusuke and Kuwabara now have this synergy of being like these homies that like, you know, argue with each other a lot. But when push comes to shove, they 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 really have each other's back. So we did see that di dynamic start. So a lot of good things happen from this, and a lot of good character development, especially from uh, Kuwabara's end, because we get to see a lot more of him rather than Yusuke finally. Uh, so next week we will be. Well, I don't know if we'll do. Yeah, next week I'll do it. Uh, the the Final Fantasy VII stuff shouldn't take a whole episode. So next week we'll be starting episode fourteen, which. Uh, starts the Sacred Beast arc. So episode 14 is called The Beast of May's Castle. So we'll be starting that arc. And that arc goes for a minute. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's eight episodes, yeah. So I think that's by far the longest arc now because then uh the next arc after that is like five episodes so yeah the beast of maze castle uh the forsaken beast arc will be on that for like two months if it's eight episodes i do an episode a week so we'll be on that arc for like a good two months well that'd be interesting um but i'm excited for that i really like that arc that's because that arc is where a lot of like the permanent things that build up in Yu Hakusho for the rest of the series. That's where they blossom from, like the team dynamic, because we'll finally see he and Karama with Yusuke and Kuwabara. So we'll have the our four-man squad finally all together on their first mission. This will be the first time all four of them are teamed up at the same time. So that's going to be great. We'll see how, like, you know, their really weird crossings of personalities lead to, like, this very lovable and memorable, uh, cast of main characters and these i the the beast of maze castle like the four saint beasts are, are really cool like i like the fights all the fights were very fitting of each character and you get to see what each character is all about through these fights and it's also this is like the the first hurdle of yusuke's character we're finally like seeing that first peak every every season we see that like Yusuke needs to hurdle over this emotionally. So we get to see that every time. So this is like that first big one. And I love it. Uh, I do like the, the the next arc too. The whole thing with uh, the Yukina rescue. Because I love the Yusuke Kuwabara dynamic. Like that tag team. If there's one thing I could say I would want from Yu Yu Hakusho more. Had Yu Yu Hakusho actually continued. Is more of just like. I love all four of them together. But I love when Yusuke and Kuwabara are just teamed up by themselves, like that tag team. I love that tag team. That arc is really solid because the way they can bounce off of each other with their banter and actually like fighting back to back because they know each other so well. Like they they have the tag team thing down. It's awesome. I I love that arc from that aspect of those characters. They're a good duo. But um, that'll be a few months from now. But for Saint Beast next, I, I love that arc too. But uh, season season one was a solid thing. It wasn't like one ongoing arc. That that's what sets um, the season one stuff apart from the other ones. That these arcs are just the season itself is um, several several arcs in one season. So we have the ordeal, the the three stolen treasures, 
the uh, Genkai tournament rando arc kind of thing, Four Saint Beast, and then the Yukina Rescue. So we have like five arcs in the one season. And then season two and like the start of season three is essentially the dark tournament. And then the rest of season three and the start of season four is chapter black. And then the rest of season four is the three kings. So you don't see that after the Yukina rescue, like the, the clusters of arcs in one season. It starts to become one long ongoing narrative of arcs, which which was a good transition. Like I think it transitions really well into that kind of stuff. But I do like the early episodes because I like that on the street, on the beat kind of dynamic they have, which is why I really like Chapter Black. I feel like it vaguely goes back to the roots of that. But I'm excited to keep going with the EU retrospectives. I clearly I love Yu Yu Hakusho. But um, yeah, I think that's gonna end it here. We're pretty much done. I don't have really much else to talk about. I haven't really been diving into too much stuff lately. Um. Read the Blue Exorcist manga. I can say that. Blue Exorcist is a great manga. The anime uh, fucked up the storyline entirely. Uh, so read the manga. It's great. It's really, really good. It's a monthly release. The storyline and the characters and the way things are going and the lore behind it. I, I love it all. It's so well crafted. Uh, read My Hero if you want to continue the story. The season 4 cliffhanger of My Hero. They did such a good job at foreshadowing what's to come in season five. I'm so hyped for it because I, I talked about it before I read my hero, so I'm ahead. So I was excited for the overhaul stuff, and I think they did a good job with that. Uh, but the way they like finaled season four was so perfect. I didn't think they were going to be able to fit the endeavor and Hawks fight against the the enhance nomu i don't think they'd be i didn't think they would do it in season four i thought that'd be like the first thing to happen in season five so the fact that they were able to fit that in in the end was i it was great and it worked it didn't feel rushed because that was like a couple of chapters in the manga so some people were worried about like the length of it in the anime because i think it's only like an episode or two it might even be one episode like the whole fight itself but they did a fantastic job at putting that fight in the anime like everyone loved that the, the whole prominence burn the shit was awesome and um endeavor i don't I, a lot of people are like look at where does she try to redeem this child and wife abuser i think for me with endeavor i don't think he's written he started being written in that way as a way to be like let me redeem this character for what he did because he did some atrocious shit but I think it's more of like the character itself trying to atone for what he did. He knows he does not have to be forgiven. But he still wants to try to change and do better. He's like, you don't have to forgive me, but I do want to change. Which is still something he should do. Like, even if you still hate Endeavor for the rest of of like the whole series after because of what he did perfectly fine but if he wants to do better then let him do better you know what i mean it's like you don't have to forgive him but at least he's trying he should want to turn over a new leaf and be a better dad and a better husband in general so i think it's more of that where it's just like you don't have you as a reader don't have to forgive endeavor because todoroki still hasn't really forgiven endeavor but um 
it's more of him atoning for his wrongdoings in the past. He understands he did wrong and now he wants to change. Whether you forgive him or not is 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 irrelevant. It's more of a personal thing for him. He feels like he needs to redeem himself or atone at the very least, even if he's not redeemed. So I think I, I like the way that's written, where you don't have to forgive Endeavor. Endeavor just wants to do better because he understands he needs to do better. So the dynamic of that is is cool. And some of you niggas like fucking Donzo and Datara from Naruto. And you're gonna tell me you don't like it? Fuck you! <laughs> you can you you can fuck with Donzo and Datara, but you you don't want to fuck with Endeavor, who's trying to actually do better for himself. Get the fuck out of here, y'all nitpicky, and y'all support Madara. The fuck? <laughs> uh, I'm getting off topic with that stuff. That shit just annoys me sometimes. But um, yeah, no, my hero is heating up. The way they cliffhangered that with the whole Midoriya dream, I wish the room was a little more like trash because in the manga. Spoilers if you didn't finish season four of My Hero, but, you know, we spoil shit out here in the podcast. I talk about shit live, boy. But, um, it's not really, like, a huge spoiler. It's just kind of, like, a foreshadowing of what's going to happen in season five involving Deku. So, but it's a little, it's a short scene. Deku has this weird dream. He sees, uh, All Might's teacher, like, the previous, the, the, the previous, uh, owner of that quirk before All Might, and then a line of a bunch of other people, and he sees, like, these two people in front of him, they're all watching, and Deku's mouth's shrouded in, like, black, so he can't speak, and he wakes up in, like, a cold sweat, and his window's shattered, and some stuff's knocked over, and it's, like, to be continued in Season 5, like, they, that, it was, it was announced in Season 5, um, the, the thing I was talking about is in that scene in the manga, his room is trashed, it's not just, like, the window is broken like the window's broken his bed's ripped up the rugs are ripped up things are knocked over all over there it's like completely trashed whatever happened fucked his room up and i like how they ended it like that even more like they they could have still ended it on the endeavor thing and not have even mentioned that until the start of season five but the way they like were like look at this ready for this you're gonna have to wait until season five like that was that was well executed i i love the way they cliffhangered that they did a great job and at the way the story is being paced from what i see it i think season five is going to consist of another three portions so season five is going to have the stuff involving deku in the beginning and then the later half is i don't want to spoil it it's gonna involve some other stuff some other characters and then, like, the last few episodes of the season are going to set up for what's currently happening happening in the manga right now. And I think at the end of season five, it's going to cliffhanger right before what what's going down now in the manga. It's going to cliffhanger right before that. And then season six will kick off with what's happening now in the manga, which would be epic. Which would be, like, super fucking cool. Because I like where the manga is going right now. I, I try not to spoil manga stuff unless uh, the manga is, like, really old. But since My Hero is still, like, going chapter to chapter currently, I, uh, I don't want to speak too much about it. But, um, yeah, so so My Hero's getting really good. I really enjoy My Hero. Reboot Exorcist. I need to... I think a new chapter of Fairy Tale 100 Year Quest came out. I recommended it last week. I think it's solid. Um... <laughs> I know people are like really like fairy tale, but I 
100 year, ooh, excuse me. I'm telling you, 100 year quest, doing their damn thing. Like, I was, I'm pleasantly surprised and pleased by how 100 year quest is being written and handled. So, big ups to, to, to Mashima. <laughs> um, but, uh, I think he has a co-writer with him. There's like another person that's helping him with it in the illustrations and stuff. But it makes sense because he's also writing Eden Zero. And I, I need to read Eden Zero. Because I hear Eden Zero is actually really fucking good. So I need to I need to see if it lives up to the potential uh the lives up to the legacy that is Rave Master. And then um There's one more other thing. Demon Slayer. I want to start reading Demon Slayer. I need to. Before I get spoiled, people people haven't spoiled anything for Demon Slayer for me yet. For what's happening in the manga, but apparently, like the latest chapter that came out, uh, some shit happened, and people are like, "Whoa, did you see this?" So luckily, I haven't been spoiled, but I'm just like, let me start reading this before I get spoiled. But I'm just rambling on and on now about certain things. Uh, next week, I should be talking about how I feel about the FF7 remake. And, you know, either my first impressions or my overall thoughts, depending on how far I've gotten in the game by them that point. And we'll do the retrospective on the start of the Four Saint Beast arc of Yu Yu Hakusho. And boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. We'll, we'll do all that, and that'll be fun. Um, but, that's about it. I believe. I believe, I believe, I believe. And, and oh, uh, the, the Fire Emblem the Fire Emblem series stuff that I, I talk about. Uh, once I finish FF7 Remake, I'll start the Blue Lion round. So expect the whole thoughts of the Blue Lion round to happen a while from now, like a couple of weeks from now. It's going to it's gonna be a minute before I like get to that, and then I'll have to finish playing it, and then we'll do that. So it'll come, but you're just going to have to wait. But that's about it for this week. So thanks for tuning in, guys. I'm excited. Final Fantasy VII comes out in six hours. Six hours. Bro. I've been on this for a minute. Six hours. God damn. Um, but yeah. Anywho, I'll catch you guys next week. If you're playing Final Fantasy VII, I hope the, the remake, I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, well, I mean, that's life. Don't, don't ruin it for other people, though. And I'll catch you next week. Bye. Because I'm just a little lost. Keep off topic. And if we're on the topic, then yes, I lost it. Don't worry about me. I'm not sinking. It's just after every thought, shit got me thinking. And I'm just a little lost. Keep off topic. And if we're on the topic, hell yes, I lost it. Don't worry about me. I'm not sinking. It's just after every thought, shit got me thinking. You got me thinking. You got me thinking. You got me. You got me. You got me thinking. You got me thinking. You got me. You got me. You got me. You got me.